Welcome to Access Health Radio. Thank you for joining us on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF on this Sunday afternoon. Once again, we are joined by Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician and CEO of Access Healthcare in Apex. We always like to acknowledge the companies that support our program, Doc. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic prescriptions directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than the big box pharmacies. They are a North Carolina pharmacy, but they will mail medications across the country to any state. And during this COVID-19 pandemic, it doesn't make sense to stand in line uh, with a bunch of potentially sick people when you can get your medicine delivered to your doorstep at a lower cost. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Dr. Forrest, if folks want more information on today's show or your practice in Apex, where can they go to find out that? Uh, If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their questions answered on the show, uh, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And if they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or they can call us at 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. And after the show, if they miss part of it or if they have a family member that would like to hear the show, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com or We are also uh, stockpiling those on our uh, website at accesshealthradio.com. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prosthologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? I would say the connection between health of the individual that is needing hearing assistance and what those person's hearing abilities are and how we fit based on lifestyle. What we look at as overall is how's the person's health? Is this person able to get up? Are they able to be mobile? Can they get up and do things for themselves? What kind of interactions are they having throughout the day? Do they work? Or if they're working, are they working with people one-on-one? Are they working with groups of people? Are they working with distance? You know, what, what is that person's life? lifestyle about maybe this person stays at home and doesn't go to work and they stay at home watch television all day and they don't really mingle with other people so what we try to do is look at what is that lifestyle about for that individual and look for the right technology for that lifestyle victoria because you are independent you can present many different options and devices to fit the individual Depending on what the patient's wanting, needing, what their abilities are, does determine how we fit the individual. You have some individuals, they want the top of the line products, and then you have other individuals where they're just straight amplifiers. So it all depends on the person's impairment, depends on how we actually fit it. I'll give you some examples. You have a patient that is a speaker, someone who goes out, they're in the community all the time, they're up in front of an audience, they need to be able to hear distance, they need to be able to hear when there's noise present. They need to be able to hear individuals and focus on individuals. So we look at maybe at the artificial intelligent type of hearing instruments that can turn themselves up, turn themselves down, zoom in on people where it's needed the most. And we give the person separation when there's actually noise present. It makes it much easier for that person to hear and understand. So we look at those. And then you have the individual that stays at home and watches television all day. Doesn't mean that they don't need anything. They do need something if they're hearing impaired because you don't want to to 
over amplify the impairment and cause a shift in the hearing. So you always want to look at what is the threshold for this individual, how much amplification is going to be needed to over the top of the impairment in order for the person to be able to hear and understand better. So that's my main focus is what is the patient needing? What do they want? What do they desire? What do they want to see come from their products? And it's always different for everyone. You have some individuals come in, men are more of, I want to hear the birds. I want to hear the the animals in the leaves that are rolling around while I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> you know, the hunters, you got the hunters. And then you have the other individuals, they want to be able to hear their grandchildren or they want to hear the wife. Or they want to hear that television better. Or they, when they're at church, they want to hear their pastor better. Or that best friend that comes over all the time and they can't understand them anymore. They want to hear that person better. So it all depends on the individual. Everyone has their own wants and desires. So we try to cancel to that and try to cater to that and provide what that person is looking for. You know, it must be a very special, even emotional experience when you're able to restore what they've been missing with their hearing loss. I've never seen a man cry until I fit hearing aids and literally see someone cry in front of me. Um, I've seen patients gone 25, 30 years without hearing, and then you give them their hearing back, and it just totally changes their livelihood, changes their life. So, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's got some gratification in there of being able to help people hear and understand better. But the main objective is the patient is the one that has to wear it every day. So we definitely have to make sure we fit a product that that patient desires and really could do well with and prosper with if you fit them wrong then they tend to put the hearing aid in the drawer or they end up giving up on hearing aids and that's not my job my job is patient come in here they're asking for me to help them my job is to help try to find a solution to their issues that they're having now you have to tune these devices so how do you know there's no distortion in what they're hearing well, the instruments are required to be tested by ANSI, which is American National Institute for Instruments. So what we have to do is we have to measure those things before the products even fit on the patient. So our statistics uh, and our specifications from our ANSI tells us if there's any distortion in the product itself. But then you also have distortion within the ear. Patients have uh, retrocochlear issues. And that itself can be distortion and not actually be the hearing aid. So what we have to do is try to find a product that works with that patient that will compress in those areas where they would normally have some distortion and try to smooth those sounds out for that individual. You have to remember you're not working with a normal ear. You're working with a damaged ear. So you're not going to give the person back, which is 100% what God could give them. But what you're looking is trying to find that weakness where the person is and try to strengthen in those areas and just give them the best hearing possible. Victoria, you just threw in a scramble word there. Retro what? Retrocochula. It's um, where the inner, the inner ear itself, where all the hair cells are actually housed, where they fire to send the information to the brain, where there's so much damage to the cochula, whether it could have been head trauma, could have been noise trauma, it could have been medications. The person's taken over a period of time that the cochula will not respond on it, respond normally. It may have a hearing impairment, yes, but the, the ear itself is fluctuating. It's not consistent. Um, you can't get objective measurement from it every single time. You're going to have some areas where the, the ear may fluctuate. 
make it harder for the person to be able to rehabilitate very quickly. Now, they can rehabilitate, but sometimes it takes time. Some individuals can rehabilitate within a couple of days, couple of weeks, some a few months. In some patients, you may have a couple of years before their brain and their ears start working together like they're supposed to. But you have to do it on a daily basis. And we have found patients that do not rehabilitate easily are the ones that wear a hearing aid just on Sunday to go to church. You know, it's not that the hearing aid doesn't work for them. They just don't want to put the hearing aid on, you know, and there's some people like that. There's a lot of people that need glasses and they will not wear their glasses unless they absolutely positively have to. So we have to look at how can we make it comfortable for the patient? Well, they will want to wear their product and wear it every day. And you just have those individuals you have to work with. You have to, you have to cater to them. You have to counsel with them. And a lot of it is counseling and not education. Is counseling. What's important to them? What do they want? What do they desire? What do they like, not like? What makes them uncomfortable? What do they want to hear? You know, those are the main things that we focus. We have much more coming, so keep it here. Uh, Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care, by the way, is the 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Avenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. They're on the web at Downey's Hearing Care. Com. We're with Victoria Bretan, audiopressologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates this week on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. Victoria Bretan is still with us, and you can uh, listen to Victoria the third Sunday of every month. We were just talking about people that unfortunately had ruined their hearing aid. Uh, you have had situations where people come in and say, my hearing aid is not working, Victoria. And what do you do? Well, first thing is we need to verify and validate if the hearing aid is working correctly or not. So there's ways that we can do that. One is when patient first comes in and they get their product, we test that patient's hearing. And then we go in and set targets for their hearing instruments to give them the proper amplification. And it takes a little work to do that. But that prescription is actually saved into the system. So we can go back and pull that patient's prescription and verify what the prescription is supposed to be. And then we go ha- do an ANSI, which is American National S- Standard in- for Institute for hearing products or even instruments, period. Okay. And then we run an ANSI on the product. And then the ANSI tells us if that prescription is actually in that hearing instrument, meaning if it's supposed to run at 108.25 and it's running at 102, okay, then we know it's not the proper prescription so we know something's wrong with the hearing instrument so that's one of the first things we verify is there is there something wrong with the aid if there's nothing wrong with the aid then we have to start looking at the patient so we've had patients come in and say something's wrong with this darn hearing aid and you hadn't seen them in like maybe a year mm-hmm. you know some people do that and they'll say something's wrong with this darn hearing aid and they'll they'll lay it down and we go to take the product and verify there's nothing wrong with the hearing instrument and then we say okay now we need to start looking at you so we have to take them into the other room, retest their hearing and verify, oh, yep, hearing has changed. So then we take them into the programming room and reprogram the product to their new loss, and boom, they're ready to rock and roll. They're just happy as they did when they first got their product. Hmm. So sometimes it's not the hearing aid. 
It's the patient. What's wrong with the patient? Another example. Have a patient come in. My hearing instrument's not working. I put it in. I can't hear anything out of my hearing instrument. Well, then you verify there's nothing wrong with the hearing aid, but when you take the patient to the back, you verify they got a wax plug in their ear, and now the instrument's laying into that wax, and it can't make it through the wax. Hmm. So that's, that's an issue there that could be a problem. So we try to look at the overall picture with our patient, what is actually the issue? How long has it been a problem? And then we look at how do we correct that for that individual? The other issue, too, is what you pay for the instrument, right? I mean, certain instruments have more flexibility. Do, do some instruments have a better ability to make those changes? Yes, sir. You're absolutely correct. Uh, if you have a straight amplifier type of hearing instrument, it's just straight amplification. You really can't get in there and do anything to that product. If you have something that's programmable, or the artificial intelligent type of instrument, then you can go in and actually retest the person's hearing with their hearing instrument in their ear. It's called in situ testing. So instead of putting them in a booth or putting them in another chair and using the audiometer, you can actually use the chip within the circuit itself and actually retest the patient. So it makes it easy if I have to go home, go to the patient's home and do home service and the patient says, well, something's wrong with my hearing instrument. I'm not hearing well. And I check the instrument and the instrument's fine. Well, I can just retest the patient hearing right there in their house with their hearing instruments in their ears. It's called a screening. Mm. And then go back and retarget the instruments, which makes it easier for the patient. So I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of the hearing aid mm -hmm. when you think something's wrong with the hearing aid. I'd be more quick to verify, make sure there's nothing wrong with it, of course, but make sure there's nothing wrong with the patient that could be causing the issue that makes them think that there is an issue with their hearing aid. But there is a reason why there's higher cost in certain instruments than others, and, and you just pointed that out. Yeah, so, because of the flexibility. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing about uh, just durability, uh, are, are, is, are some of them just have better parts? They're, they're just more durable? Well, yes, sir, it is. Um, if you look at the behind-the-ear products, the, they're, they are really meant to take the beating, take the abuse, because they're actually sitting outside of the ear. Uh, when you have something down inside the ear canal, then these shells may be a little thinner than what you would use for just an ear mold. So if you drop them, you can crack them. So we do advise our patients, you know, if you're going to be handling your instrument out of the ear, make sure you're over a table, you have a towel down on the table, mm -hmm. or you either have it in your lap and you're, you're maintaining it within your area. Um, don't get up, be moving around while you're trying to insert your product, because if you drop it on a hard floor, you could crack it. Mm -hmm. And we do have the ability to fix those things in the office. Give you an example. I had a patient come in today, and she had actually dropped her hearing aid and went to step, get up out of her chair, and she rolled over the top of her hearing aid. So I've had to put her hearing aid back together today for her because she had no type of warranty whatsoever. She was like, Victoria, and she was crying, Victoria, I've got cancer. I'm going in tomorrow to have surgery. I've got to be able to hear the doctor. I said, don't worry about it. If you would just go get something to eat and just come on back, I'll have you ready in about an hour. So I just went in and put the instrument back together for her. I gave it back to her, and she was like, this is my hearing aid? Yes, ma'am, it's your hearing aid. Um, it doesn't like it, no, because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria's but super she glue. was very happy. She was very happy. We have bonding materials, and we also have uh, plastic, liquid plastic that we use to fix these, these products. So we can make it a showroom as it walks out the door. All right. Well, you are tuned to... 
Access Health Radio. If you want to get in touch with Victoria, she's at Downey's Hearing Care Associates at Hearing Aid Urgent Care. Two offices, 3009 Village Park Drive, Nighttail, 1356 Bedwadoo Plaza in Rocky Mount. On the web at downeasthearingcare.com. We have another segment with you uh, coming up. You're tuned to Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. How long has it been since you had your hearing checked? Ah, okay. Well, this is a, a question I'm sure that you ask some of your clients, right, when they when they come in. Every form, every time they walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you had your hearing tested? Yes, sir. Um, it's fairly important um, to have your hearing tested at least yearly. We have our eyes checked yearly. At least I do. Um, but the hearing is very important. If your hearing shifts, there's reasons for your hearing to shift. It's not normal for your hearing to move. If you have normal hearing, your hearing should remain normal. Really? People say, oh, I'm 70, 80 years old. I should have a hearing loss. No, not necessarily. Not unless you expose yourself to noise over a period of time or you've been taking medications. We call it otocet medications that will actually shift your hearing. So we do advise our patients be tested once a year. You need to at least have your hearing tested once a year, if every two years, if you do not have a hearing impairment. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then if you have hearing instruments, you definitely want to make sure you're tested once a year. But you want to have your hearing instruments cleaned at least every three to four months. And that's to keep them performing where they need to be performing. But what we look at is the overall picture. Your thresholds of your hearing will actually tell us what's going on. If your medication is too strong, your hearing will shift very quickly with a flat response. Mm -hmm. So all frequencies will move very quickly. So then we know we need to send a report to your MD, your PA, to, to verify on their end what you're taking that could be shifting your hearing. But sometimes the patient doesn't tell us everything. But the physician does know this patient's history. So we make sure that a report does get to their physician so they can assess what's best for that individual. You say the biggest problem with a lot of folks, it may take them five years to head in the office. And That's really, correct. they should have been in there five years earlier. And I'm wondering if people are actually kind of compensating and hurting themselves even more by turning up the volume of of their earphones and their TV sets. Yes, sir. Uh, is they that a do. reality? Yes, sir. It is a reality. If a person has a hearing impairment and now they're turning the volume up higher in order to be able to hear, once they get to a certain threshold, which is about 84 dB, then they can start shifting that hearing again. And it's very easy to get yourself into that type of environment or even increase the volume on your headset or the television or your telephone trying to hear better, and then you're just causing more of a threshold shift. That's why it's important to have your hearing tested. And if you've never had your hearing tested before, an easy way to explain this, um, you have 30,000 hair cells inside of your inner ear. We cannot test all of them in a day. So we have to pick nine octaves or nine main areas of the ear, and we test those, those nine octaves. Then they tell us what's going on with the hearing, the threshold itself. Then we move from that point. So we look at testing, retesting, 
and then doing the comparison between the two to make sure that the baseline is still stable and that hearing doesn't actually shift. If you want to follow up with Victoria, you can do so at Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care, 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. On the web at downeasthearingcare.com and your email. Downeasthearing at yahoo.com. Okay. Victoria Patan has been with us from Downey's Hearing Care Associates. Well, that concludes our show, and hopefully you will be able to use this information uh, to be a more informed healthcare consumer and keep your family safe as well. And our scripture this week is from Ephesians 5.18, New International Version. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.